Hello, and welcome to a roundtable discussion on the Topic of Page podcast. My name is John Mayer. In this episode, I'm joined by guests for a lively conversation on a topic we hope you'll find interesting. Joining me for our continued Comic-Con coverage is Kay Kellum. We've already talked about Preview Night Thursday and Friday in the previous episode. And with this, we're going to continue on to Saturday and Sunday. It is now Saturday. It's almost 8 o'clock at night. This is actually an early night for us. It is. I had wanted to go to the screenings of TV shows in Hall H, but it just didn't work out. A part of me is almost grateful, given how tired I am from my day on the exhibit hall floor. Yeah, I'm kind of pooped, too. Um, We started the day, uh, each of us, with having something we wanted to do at about 10 o'clock, so we spent a little bit of time on the floor in the morning, but not too much. Well, what I wanted to do was on the exhibit hall floor. I Uh. went to the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, signing and it was fantastic now did they have the full cast there yeah so even uh greg clark the, the colson okay colson was there at the end yeah because i mean they've got a, a good cast there they've the writing really picked up at the end of that season that would have been fun to do i just i do not like the mob scenes around those well and it was definitely a mob scene in every sense of the word because in addition to the line of people who have won tickets for the signing, they have a roped-off area inside the booth that people who are lucky enough to be able to, I want to say mosh pit style, cram into this roped-off area, they can stand in there for as long as they can tolerate being crushed in there. And everybody was very nice and very yeah. considerate and very, you know, I'm I'm not being as kind as I could by saying crushed because actually they were all being very nice and non-jostly to each other. But I've rarely been in one of those situations where somebody's like intentionally elbowing you or something. But exactly. It's crowded. When you get that many people that close together, it just gets hot. Yeah. And security, quite rightfully, was saying, you know, you need to be on the red carpet. So everyone was pushing as close as they can, both to do as security requested and to be as close as possible to the screens and to the actors who had all shown up and the writing team had shown up. And it was it was great fun. Uh, Jeff Loeb was teasing the actors who play uh, Fitz and Simmons saying, you know, I think I've been coming to Comic-Con since before you were born. And it, it was just great fun. I was cool. really glad I did. The panel I went to at 10 o'clock was the Pitching and Writing Comic Stories. Now, this was moderated by Jim Zub. Uh, the two panelists were Fred Van Lente and Charles Soule. And... I've been to a couple of these kinds of panels over the years, quite a few actually, because, you know, I'm a process junkie, I'm curious about writing and whatnot, and this was very different than a lot of them. Uh, Jim Zub uh, teaches at a university in Toronto, I forget which one off the top of my head, um, but jimzub.com, actually all of them, it's their name.com is their website, so uh, Jim Zub, uh, Charles Soule, Fred Van Linty, all of that.com. They all have tutorials on their sites, that kind of stuff. But Jim had a slide deck 
of kind of here's what to expect, here's what you got to have, keep your pitch small. A lot of it is kind of common sense stuff once you hear it, but he presented it in a good way, and he had this just wonderful mix of a structure and certain things he wanted to get out there and a very organic, natural flow to the panel that it clearly wasn't a rehearsed thing. It was off the cuff, but man, he moderated it so beautifully and it kept it very, you know, both spontaneous and structured. And I was just amazed by that. And I was also, as they were listing off their credits, it's like, you know, I read a ton of comics. I don't always track all the creators that well. And he's like, okay, he does Figment. It's like, wow. I, not only have I been reading that, I've been loving it. It's a Disney. It's a Disney property based on one of their lesser-known things. Um, and he just, it's got a wonderful all ages sens- uh, sensibility to it. A lot of fun. Um, and just, you know, he's been writing a number of things. As Fred Van Lente, as has Charles Soule. They're very busy guys. Um, so. I respect them all as writers, and hearing their thoughts on this stuff was really a lot of fun. Um, and I wound up talking with, with uh, Jim afterwards for a bit, because, um, again, really wanted to compliment on the panel. He did a great job on that. Because a lot of them, it's like, well, let's throw it to questions. Yes. And you get the usual, you know, write from the heart, write what you know. And he, not going to say there was none of that, but he's like, write what you know and, and know a lot research things go Mm. look stuff up go you know actionable things and also a keep your expectations reasonable mix it was it was very well done um i am pretty sure he said he was going to do a panel like that up in toronto uh for the fan expo which i want to check out because this is again was really well done panel so after that i wandered the floor for a little bit and I think it wasn't too much longer. Actually, what I did, I headed over to uh, the upper end of, of Hall EFG or whatever. Because uh, I split off from Jib as he was going into Artist Alley. I have gone through now the back section. I've gone through the whole Artist Alley. And at one point I found myself in that area going through my phone. If You know, there was one or two things I wanted to go hit the booth. There was a uh, assemble your own action figure kind of mm. thing I wanted to check out. And it's like, where is this? And find it in my email. And while I'm doing that, I'm standing off on the side so I don't block traffic. And, of course, get shooed away from standing off on the side because there's a sign saying, don't stand nowhere. It's like, dude, what do you expect? Yeah, the joys of making sure the fire marshal is happy and having those pathways to exits, etc. And I'm all for that. I'm all for having an escape plan if something horrible goes wrong. But there's also a sense of practicality of you don't want people standing in the middle of the aisles blocking stuff with their Mm -hmm. checking their cell phone, but there's nowhere else to go do it. So how does the fire marshal think this plays out? So that's a story for another day. Um, But I found the the thing on on whatever this was. uh, Sprue kit is what it was, actually. And it's like, it's at 2401. I'm like, well, I know how the floor is laid out. I can find aisle 2400 and find booth one in that. And I get there and I'm looking around. It's like, wait a sec. This is diamond. Turns out it was in the diamond booth. And I'm like, well, why didn't they just say that? And of course, buried in this lengthy email, it was. But it was kind of cool because they've got like a Superman and a Batman figure you can build up. And 
you know, a $9 version, a more complicated, like $20 version or whatever. And, you know, it looks kind of cool whether I'll buy into it or not. Don't know. But that was fun. Um, and then while I was there, he noticed the Power Ranger shirt I had on, which I'd gotten at Con a couple of years ago. And he's like, you should go over to uh, the Bandai booth. They'll give you something for that. Now, he thought it would be a, a T-shirt. But what they had for, quote, unquote, your best cosplay was the exclusive Green Ranger key for uh, for Super Mega Force. Now, fortunately, I didn't have to convince somebody that this indeed was my best cosplay. You're like, here, I'll give you this, you know. Which is fortunate because I do happen to know that is your best cosplay. It's uh, Wearing a t-shirt is the most I will go for. I do not dress up for these things, despite what one or two of my coworkers think. I don't know why they think that, other than that's all the coverage they ever see of Khan. Uh, but, you know, they were once again sold. That was the other thing I totally spaced on. They told me if I had come back after 4.30, if anyone hadn't bought their exclusives, mm. they might be available. It's like, lost on that one. I hate it when I forget stuff. By 4.30, I was too tired. I wouldn't have gone back. This is the fallacy of having a booth on one end of the convention hall, mm. particularly far from wherever I tend to usually be. Anyways, I did that, and then after that, I think I met up with you. Uh, we met up with uh, Jim and David for a little bit. Had... Yeah, we had a wonderful time with author James Rollins and saw him before he went off to do his panel, followed by a signing. And I'm pretty sure he had a very good, if exhausting, convention. You know, I didn't ask him what his day at one of these cons tends to be like, but I I found out from John Jackson Miller just how busy his day was. Um, after we finished with, with those guys, we headed over to the Omni mm. for the uh, Saban press room. Now, Saban does Power Rangers and big Power Ranger fans, so when we get the invite, it's like, yes, let's go that. Let's see what they're doing. And we did that last year. Uh, they had the same cast as this year with the new member. Uh, the show's currently on hiatus. They had just added the Silver Ranger. And I am really impressed with how Saban runs this because it's basically you've scheduled the, the ballpark time. You get there, they check you in, they've got food, they've got drinks, they've got their suite. Their suite's laid out to where it's like, okay, over here's a little photo thing you could do. Here's our graphic novels that are coming out. Here's some of the costumes. Here's some of the toys. Here's some more of the toys. Just as you go kind of clockwise around the room. Here's the team of rangers. Do you want to interview them? Do you not? Whatever, you know. They have a back-to-school section of stuff. Mm -hmm. They did. They had everything from their T-shirts to their DVD releases, the Monopoly game, everything. Mm -hmm. And I think two or three groups of, of either podcasters, videographers, or YouTubers or whatever interviewed the rangers. Mm -hmm. And again, same group we talked to one-on-one -on -one last year, mm -hmm. uh, kind of in an informal setting. Really, I'm not much for doing that kind of an interview and stuff because I feel like I'm just going to ask the same questions everyone does. And I spent a little time last night kind of jotting down, if I did, here's what I would write, you know, questions and stuff. But I was amazed how polished and professional uh, this group was, how well as a team they interacted. They were all very... Mm -hmm. um, energetic enthusiastic friendly supportive of one another it, you know it it's like they're the best of friends well we saw uh, them being interviewed by a guy who had one microphone for them 
and they were very easily and naturally handing the microphone around between them like they knew who was going to speak next and who was going to want to chime in and they had no problem sharing the microphone there wasn't a single microphone hog among the group and it was clear they wanted to give each other the turn and wanted to make sure each other shined in the interview now this cast is doing super mega force. They also did mega force, so two 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 years, about twenty episodes each, and out of the eight that have aired so far, super mega force, the Silver Rangers only been in two. Yet he was being treated just as equal as the rest of them. They've known each other for a year or two now. They've worked together for a while, so I'm sure they are hopefully fairly good friends. But again, the the smoothness, the polish, the professionalism. I was just blown away with. And it didn't seem like it was rehearsed, it was faked, or it was acting or anything. It just was refreshing how much they seemed to be enjoying the experience, enjoying the opportunity to be at Comic-Con, representing Power Rangers. And, because again, the thing, the, the, the property started in, in 1992. It's Money Morphin's about to get rebooted as a, a movie and I talked to the the press person there and she was saying how they're going for kind of a uh, skewing for a little older audience it's going to be an all-ages thing but literally all ages not a kids kind of a thing and obviously the TV show is going to continue it's going to go with the uh, dino charge and stuff like that but whoever is casting these kids who's ever coaching them is doing a fantastic job. I mean, they 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 presented themselves extraordinarily well. Um, just enthusiasm, the way they answered the questions. You know, have you done martial arts? Have you not? You know, that kind of a stuff. Um, and the interplay amongst them. Mm-hmm. You know, it was part of it is again that's the sort of thing they portray as a group of friends on the show. So it's somewhat natural for them to do it there. But um, again, I was. Very impressed because I mean, I we've both seen tons of casts interact, mm-hmm. and just the way they were set up on the couch, a couple of guys in the back. It's like okay, we're set up. You know, at the end of some of the interviews, they had their little tagline they would do at the end to give a nice end to the interview, nice punch to it. Mm-hmm. Um, All of them in one synchronized call-out voice. Yeah. Well, again, some of that, again, they've been trained to do on the show for... Exactly. You know, whatever their their uh, end move is or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was fun, you know, and they didn't seem the least bit tired of it. And I, again, I was talking to the press person, uh, complimenting her on how, how well run the, the thing is, how, how much I enjoy it. And she was saying, yeah, they were up at like some early hour for a breakfast thing. They've been going all day, just... This is like the second or third day of doing all of this stuff. I mean, these guys are troopers because con is a bit of a meat grinder for for those of us just attending or trying to cover it for press. If you're there promoting something like these guys are. Well, at the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. signing, Ming-Na mentioned to one of the actors next to her that she was getting hungry. Did anyone happen to notice if there might be a meal on their schedule for the day? And that's kind of typical of the scheduling that these actors get into. Yeah. Of there's so much they have to do, will there be food in it? 
Well, and again, the fact that this suite had food and drink for, for those of us coming. Mm-hmm. And they, they gave us a, a goodie bag kind of a deal, um, which is a nice kind of drawstring backpack thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they told I need us, to dig up the one from last year, too, because yeah. it was similar good quality. Yeah, but they told us that it was in part a survival guy, uh, survival pack for con. Yeah, it's got deodorant, breath mints, shampoo, vitamin C. It's got a poster for uh, for the current show, a notepad with a cover that's... Uh, actually, we each got one, and one of them had the current show, one of them had the next season show, Dino Charge. They had... Uh, a postcard that had here are all of our partners that are on the floor here are all their booth numbers mm-hmm. another one for a thing they're doing in uh, Orlando in October uh, they're promoting Power Morphicon uh, that's in its fourth year that's a, a really a, again like most conventions started as a fan run thing has been going really well it's in the uh, either LA or Pasadena area it's one that I've yeah, Pasadena Convention Center, uh, August 22nd through 24. It's one I've thought about going to, but have just never been able to to justify flying halfway across the country for a weekend for one specific show. Mm-hmm. It's certainly tempting, though, if it wasn't so close to everything else we're doing. Yeah. Um, and there, Saban is behind it and really supporting it, because at this convention, uh, again, I got that Green Ranger key... For the the T-shirt I have, and it plugs into the Morpher and stuff like that. Uh, they're doing an exclusive set for Power Morphicon that has the Titanium Ranger and I forget which other Ranger. Titanium is one of the really unique to the U.S. ones. Most of the Rangers are obviously have Japanese counterparts. This is one of the first. It was the first that did not. Um, but then in our gift bag, we got another one of the the green keys, and then. Uh, and that's the, the the Tommy, the original Green Ranger. And then we got the uh, the current red Megaforce Ranger key also. So, I mean, they're covering their stuff. When we walked in, they gave us, here's the all the, the merchandise they're coming out with. And, mm-hmm. You know, you, of course, grabbed that so I wouldn't spend money. <laughs> um, but it was fun. They, they do a really good job. It's a nice little oasis away from that uh, for Khan for a little bit. And... Again, I'm, I'm really impressed with the job they do. I enjoy the show. Um, I'm looking forward to how they reboot Mighty Morphin as a, a more all-ages franchise. How that's going to kind of coexist with the TV show or be in a different continuity or something. And they told us that the script for the movie was going to be written by... And I'm going to get the screenwriters' names wrong, but they wrote... They were one of the recent X-Men movies. They've got, I think it was mm-hmm. Robert Orkey as uh, executive producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got some big name talent that have been doing yeah. a lot of popular sci-fi things. I want to say it was X-Men First Class. That, that sounds right. Ashley Edward Miller. And I forget his writing partner's name. And I should know because they were the one, Ashley Edward Miller is the one who wrote Colin Fisher. Ah. Um, but it's that writing team that she mentioned was going to be working on their movie. I think it's got the potential of really kicking the Power Rangers to kind of that next level as if it needs that. There are a lot of people's oh, it's a kid's show, what's the big deal? Eh, to a degree, yeah, it is. It's got some of the best fight choreography on live-action TV these days. Um, and for a show that is... I don't say constrained or hamstrung, but is leveraging so much Japanese footage that was shot for a different story. 
they do a beautiful job, you know, leveraging it and and going with it. Um, and again, they've got good cast, etc. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. After that, what did you go and do? Uh, after that, I went and got squished at the Marvel booth in the name of trying for the Avengers autographs, which I did not get, but I did get to see the cast of the next Avengers movie arrive. Uh, Chris Hemsworth mm-hmm. and Samuel Jackson and James Spader and you name it. They were all up on the stage. They uh, rotated out onto it. And I'm not sure they had been warned about, as I described from before, the mosh pit in addition to the long lines of everybody, of all these truly hundreds of people that would be out there waiting and everything. And to see their eyes bug out at this huge mass of humanity pressing in towards the stage, cheering and waiting for them. That alone was worth getting squished and very friendly with, fortunately, friends. I was there with friends. What I would do if I were in Marvel's position with this rotate-out stage that you're going to put actors on and then kind of surprise, here's Khan. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, they're kind of snuck in the back. They're, they're mm-hmm. going into the booth that way. They don't really get to see the the insanity of it they had some small clues they got cheered as they came to the back but it was small compared to i would have a camera facing out to show them all of that i would have some screens where they're prepping so they can see all of that mm-hmm. and just get a sense of oh okay i'm playing so and so there there and there are people yeah. in my costume so to speak yeah um, so, and Marvel did a wonderful job of, they had an area set up for wounded warriors mm. who were in the line for autographs. Uh, because the autographs are being doing, are being done up on a stage that's, I guess, four steps up okay. from the ground. Uh, wheelchairs can't go up to that, but mm. they bring the cast over at the end of the autograph sessions to anyone in wheelchairs, whether nice. it's... Uh, I almost want to say a normal injured person, but someone, oh, the wounded warriors or simply a disabled person. But they had a special area this time for the wounded warriors lining the edge of the stage so they could watch the entire autograph process. That's really cool. And then at the end, the cast was brought to them. So we were in an area near the wounded warriors, and we had been told, if all the ticketed people get through mm-hmm. and there's still time, you're in an overflow area. So we were on the red carpet. We were joking twister style. We had one foot on, one yeah. foot off. So that's why we were being squished and being told, try and get both feet on, try and get both feet on. I appreciate how they try to get as many people taken care of for that kind of stuff as possible, but. They do. It's a no-win situation, you know. There's only so much time they've got, only so much autographs these guys can do. And And the cast had to get to a panel. So we knew the overflow was a if they have time, if we're very lucky. And we spent the better part of two hours getting to see glimpses of the cast. But honestly, getting to see their minds blown by how many people had turned out for them and how many people are touched and affected by their movie. That was pretty cool. I think the actors who are on a lot of those Marvel movies, DC TV shows, you know, that kind of stuff, the stuff that is 
very uh, truly Comic-Con related, comic related, they've got a sense of feedback and appreciation that your average actor in your average TV show or movie will never get. I agree. Because, I mean, even when you've got the people from, you know, person of interest or with a blacklist or whatever, I mean, James Spader will, will get a good, you know, uh, showing for that kind of stuff. But here it is, you know, feeding or preaching to the, the core audience mm-hmm. of, of Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's just a whole nother level right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and after realizing I wasn't, the overflow area wasn't going to get in, I could have stayed and watched for the grand finale of Departure, uh, but I decided that basically I was tired of being pressed in upon. So I tried to go see the end of James Rollins uh, signing, but he'd already departed. So I came back down to the exhibit hall floor and went through the aisles where the publishers for books Mm. have their giveaways and uh, came home with a few contributions for my books to be read between now and Christmas. So I I have at least 10 novels, maybe 15 to read. I even was kind enough to pick up a book for my brother since rumor is I think he's an okay guy. I got my brother the Klingon Art of War, Ancient Principles of Ruthless Honor, translated from the original Klingon by Keith R.A. DeCandido. Now, just to, to full disclosure here, she has her own copy in front of her at the moment. She got me an additional one, but she has one too. I asked at the booth if it would be all right, since they seem to have a few copies. And I appreciate that. I just wanted to be clear that you weren't giving up your only copy. She's not that good of a sister. No, I'm not. Sometimes is. The gentleman at the, I believe this is Simon & Schuster booth, was hilarious. He said, you can have two copies if you can handle carrying two hardback copies for the rest of your time at con today. Speaking of which, one of the first things we did at the morning was swing by the tick. Yes. Pick up the live action DVD, some trades and such. And I'm thinking, you know, this this wasn't a brilliant idea. First thing to do, loading up the backpack. Uh, no. we, we do need to do an episode on the tick, the live action, the animated, the, uh, the comic. Kind of compare and contrast because that's a property that's been around for decades. The, 25 years maybe more maybe more the, it's been a while since the cartoon or the tv show were on and yeah and the it's, tick it's classic was, stuff it is the tick was wonderful i yeah i loved the live action show which we were talking with some of the creators at the booth and they were saying the live action show you can't really point to a specific comic book or a specific trade and say yeah this is where it came from and with the uh cartoon you can point to some specific trades and say yeah okay this is the source material this is what you should read uh but yeah i loved especially the live action is the one that sticks with me in my memory more because some of the actors i recognized and remember from their later projects Mm -hmm. and stuff so yeah i loved the tick now, um, while you were going and doing the whole Avenger line and all that stuff after we did the Power Rangers, um, I made some very, very interesting decisions, uh, which was basically to not go back into the hall floor, but to head over to the uh, Bayfront Hilton. 
Hilton mm. Bayfront, whatever. Mm. Uh, over where the Simpsons land is. Got a few photos of the Gotham uh, zip line thing. When I was there, somebody was like coming down with like a saxophone playing as they went. And I'm like, okay. Um, but it was interesting kind of watching that. It was pretty well set up. They had a, a good way of getting people onto it, down and off. And not like, you know, it didn't look the least bit, you know, dangerous, which I was a little afraid it was going to be a death trap, having seen the Heroes thing a couple of years ago. I heard from people who went on it that it was great fun, that they loved doing it, that it felt very safe, that they didn't feel like they were a full 30 feet off the ground. I think they started a full 30 feet, but by the time they were done, they were close enough to the ground, it was easy to get them off, but not so close that they were going to, you know, have their, their legs, you know, banging up against the ground or something. No skid marks in that area, no landing. It was interesting, though, because looking at the, the Gotham skyline, it's like, okay, here's the Penguin's Place, here's Ivy Tower, here's Catwoman's Place, here's a nice. question mark thing, here's a casino. And you were able to photograph that? I or? tried to get some close-ups. Nice. Whether they're in focus or not depends on how lucky I was. My eyesight, those screens on digital cameras, nah. Not, not the greatest combination sometimes, but it was fun. That's very cool. So I did that. Walked through the the Hilton Bayfront just for a little bit. Um, tried to find a place to sit down just to jot down some notes on the Power Ranger thing, and pretty much got shooed away there. It's like, oh, we don't want people sitting there unless you're with this panel or that panel. It's like, yeah, whatever. All right, fine. So I finished up there, and again, I get it, but it's sad that that's going into outside hotels now mm-hmm. because there is like nowhere to sit down in some of these places. After that, I went over to Petco Park. We'd done that before uh, the con opened. The took parking lot area. The parking lot area. Took some photos in that area. Didn't actually do anything. Uh, it was sunny. It was a little hotter than I liked. I was wearing a black Power Ranger shirt. so. Um, and it was a lot of stand in line for stuff I wasn't that interested in to maybe get a t-shirt or something. It's like, you know, don't need that. And the lines were a little unclear. Because at one point, somebody was like, hey, I, I was here first. I'm like, for what? Oh, this is a line. I'm sorry and moved on. You know, it's like, I didn't mean to do that. So, yeah, the lines were just unclear as to what was what. And a lot of it was stand in line, maybe get a t-shirt for things like, you know, Adult Swim and Sin City that I just wasn't interested in. So rather than spend too much time there, I just took a couple of photos and just kind of moved on. Um, And by moving on, what I wound up doing was going around to the other side of Petco Park to go in for the Nerd HQ stuff. Now, I'd been hearing about this for years, but this was the first time I've actually been into it. This is something that uh, Zachary Levi from Chuck had started up a couple of years back to kind of get back to the community, whatever. And I'm really amazed by just how big it is, how popular it is. It's very crowded, um, very well attended, and you get in for free. To go into the panel room, you need to donate to uh, Operation Smile. They do kind of dental stuff for people in various parts of the world that just don't have those those things that they need. They uh, repair cleft palates and do operations like that. Yeah, and it's the kind of thing that it helps these people look better, feel better about themselves. It's mm-hmm. a great cause. To get a wristband is like $2. To get the tote bag is like $5. I mean, these are really nominal fees for a worthy cause. Um so it's it's like you know it's not a barrier to entry 
and the fact it's going to charities is also pretty cool. They had uh, video games there, they had Settlers of Catan, Instagram had one of those things, like, you know how in the Batman 66 show, people would walk up the side of the building, Batman or Robin walk? Yeah. They had that sort of a thing, where it's on its side with a rope, and you could pose and, you know, take the photo for Instagram. Uh, they had a number of places to eat. It seemed like food and drink actually were cheaper there than at the convention center. Hmm. They had a taco place, a couple of places to get, you know, beers of different types, which uh, I didn't care for, but whatever. Uh, a lot of places to sit down. Um, it's kind of an open air thing because it's in the concourse of the ballpark. Ah. But it was a nice, shady, breezy kind of a thing. It was very comfortable, uh, by and large. And again, really well attended. And I didn't stay there that long, but I think if they were to take the panels they've done in the past and offer them up as, you know, uh, video type things as a fundraiser deal, I'd certainly go in. Um, so again, I'm, I'm very impressed with what they did there. Uh, now, as I was finishing up with that, that was, uh, I was at the point of, well, what am I going to do next? Um, and that was when Sam called. Sam's who I do the Mayo Report episodes with. Uh, had never met him face to. F- I, I take it back. I think I, I must have met him face to face. He had one of the old business cards. He's in the LA area, so you know. But since we've been podcasting for the last year or so and stuff, I hadn't met him. It was good to to do that. Associate the right face with the right name, um, and just hang out with him. And he's a cool guy. It was a lot of fun. We met over at uh, Petco Park in the park by the park. They've got a little kitty baseball diamond or whatever. So I was hanging out there watching kids run around the thing or whatever. Yeah, we chatted for a bit. Uh, then you finished up with the Avengers stuff. Yeah, I uh, did that. Tried to see James Rollins at the end of his signing, but it was already finished. Then I went down to the Penguin booth because I'd remembered that they do a special edition of Mad Libs for Comic-Con, which I think it says a lot about the, the age group that still comes to Comic-Con that... We grew up on Mad Libs, we remember Mad Libs, and that they take the time to put one out that has, you know, a cosplay for beginners page in the Mad Libs, and a comics at Comic-Con page, and a Hall H page, and a keeping cool around your idol page. And Well, it's the kind of thing that we grew up on Mad Libs, kids today have, probably have not, I don't know. It gives the parents a chance to, hey, when I was your age, we had this to the kids, and Kind of that cross-generational sort of a thing, which I think is cool. I I think it's wonderful. So, and then, yeah, I did that. And when you were talking about the uh, Instagram photo, it reminded me that someone, when I was in line for the Avengers thing, was commenting that they'd had this revelation that you can no longer wear green to Comic-Con because of all the green screen activities that have popped up. And again, there were a couple over at Nerd HQ, a number of them over on the hall floor. I can think of four or five. I don't know that I could relocate all four or five, but I know I saw a number of them. Yeah. Well, and I did one of them on preview night and I loved it, but it didn't even occur to me. Am I wearing green? Am I going to disappear? I I wouldn't have thought about that either, but that's, that's something we ought to toss into next year's con survival guide. Yeah. Um, so after you did all that, you met up with uh, Sam and I over at uh, 
the park where we were just shooting the bull and stuff. Again, really enjoyed that. And then uh, the three of us went off to have dinner over at the Broken Yoke, which is mm. pre- predominantly, as the name would explain, a, a breakfast eggery kind of a place. And gluten-free pancakes. And we got there before the hall closed, which I think helped. Sat down to a table immediately. As soon as we were ready to order, they were ready to take it. The food came out fast. It was delicious. It was wonderful. Uh, mm. Great service there. Yeah. Um, I was I was amazed um, just how quick and easy that was. And it's not that expensive. Mm-mm. Wonderful so, food. And we've eaten there last year as well as this year. I recommend it. It's great. I am so tempted to give the listeners just the wrong address so they don't start ruining this for us. But no, no. It's actually just up 6th Street, a couple of blocks um, from the convention center. It's easy yeah. to get to. Uh, but please, don't don't inundate them when I'm hungry. <laughs> there you go. That's the attitude. So that was pretty much it. After that, we headed back, trying to get a little bit of an early night so we can prep for the final day of con. I need to get a little organized as to where I need to go back and... Uh, take care of a couple of things tomorrow. But so far, it's been a great convention. I'm telling you, if those screenings I wanted to go to in Hall H tonight hadn't said they were going to run from 8 until <gasps> 11, I'd have gone. That's the sort of thing, if we were in a hotel across the street from the convention center... I'm not sure I could have stayed up until 11 tonight. It at least would have been conceivable to go back for it. True. But we're far. we're at Liberty Station, the other side of the airport... You know, we could go park again, but that's another 15, 20-minute drive, etc. It it takes certain things kind of off the table in terms of a practical sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might have gone back for the, uh, the Justice for Hire screening the other night. You know, depending when I actually finished editing the uh, episode. But it's just unthinkable from, from here. Mm-hmm. So, which, you know, on the one hand, not so great. On the other hand... We're far from the convention center. We are removed from it that it's a nice, peaceful, relaxful hotel room. Yes, definitely. Versus when we were in the gas lamp, it's, you know, the loud parties late at night and stuff like that. It was it, trade-offs. Yes. I still like having liked having a room over there, but I like the room we have here better. It's just if there was some way to bridge the gap between the two. Mm-hmm. Teleporter device, I think. I was thinking the same thing. I... Before we finish for tonight, I want to also point out that uh, the TV show Haven has a booth on the hall floor, and just one of the tiny little giveaways they had there were business cards for two of the characters from the show who are reporters for a newspaper. And I just thought that was an incredibly adorable little touch to have at the booth. It's a nice thing to kind of give the the world a sense of a reality or whatever. Yeah. Uh, It's a show we both like. We should podcast on it particularly since i guess idw is doing a comic related to it yes yeah i'm curious what that's going to cover yeah um because it's an interesting show and the last season ended on a bit of a game changer yeah definitely so i just wanted to mention that because i i like it when booths go the extra mile and do something that is really nice for the fans who pay attention Along those lines, one of the things that was interesting at the Nerd HQ, remember a couple of years back when Pan Am was coming on, they had yes. that booth? This time over at Nerd HQ, I forget who was promoting like Wi-Fi on airplanes or whatever, but they had a couple of rows of airline seating and stuff to kind of demo it, I guess. Nice, nice. Uh, it was, again, some nice touches and stuff over there. 
Very cool. Um, that's something, again, if people haven't checked out Nerd HQ, uh, it's worth doing. I think next year we need to sign up for whatever the press, mm-hmm. you know, extras are, if anything. Well, and At if least to op- show support, if nothing else. If it's open tomorrow, I should try and swing by. Yeah. I definitely think you should. Um, again, they're supporting a worthy cause. They're doing some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't actually met one-on-one Zach Levi or anything. I did see him a couple of years back kind of in passing over at the Marriott. He was coming down out of an elevator bank or whatever, and people were going up, and it's like, oh, it's Chuck. And he was really cool about it. Hey, you want some photos? I mean, he just seems like a really great guy. And That's, that's cool. There are a couple of times where some of these, these geek things come up, and it seems like somebody trying to cash in on, on the geek culture. Mm-hmm. Nah, he seems to be part and parcel of it. One of the things I saw on the floor today, not actually a thing, a person, was Mark Shepard. Oh, yeah. walking the floor. Uh, for those who don't know, he's an actor, was on uh, Firefly, was on, on Leverage. F- Firefly, Leverage, Doctor Who. Uh, he played uh, Canton, Delaware on Doctor Who. Uh, he's he's all over the place. Yeah, incredibly. Great actor. Yeah, incredibly talented. Warehouse 13. Yes. And he was just uh, walking the floor, had run into some friends and was talking business and just, you know, three people just standing in the crowd like everyone else and no big deal. And I walked by, did a double take, and I'm like, I could stop and say something and draw attention to him or, no, that would not be nice. I will just keep going. It's the kind of thing, in that sort of situation, I would definitely keep going too, but it'd be... I'd want to go and say, hey, I've I've watched you in a number of shows. I've really enjoyed your work. Keep it up, you know. And that's a situation where I'm grateful I've met him before and I've had that opportunity before. I went to a Flamvention 2. Um, for those who know, it's referred to as the convention that wasn't. I remember when you went to that. When you flew out, the convention was on. When you landed, it was not. Yeah. That was a very sad convention. And Mark Shepard was not scheduled to be a guest at the convention. And the night that we were all in the hotel wondering, you know, we'd just gotten there wondering what's going to happen since we landed and found out the convention's been canceled. He showed up at the hotel we were all booked into and started posing for photos with all of us and signing autographs. And basically saying, don't worry, something's going to work out. People are trying to figure this out. You guys are going to have a convention and an awesome weekend somehow. And this is for a guy who wasn't scheduled to be at the convention. Yeah. That says a lot about him. Yeah. He said the cast, uh, you know, Nathan Fillion and them, they're aware of what's happening. And they're trying to help local fans who have a brown coat group figure out how to make some replacement convention materialize out of of nowhere Mm. and yeah it was amazing the power of fandom the power of some of these particular actors and stuff in terms of what they set out to do again what mark Shepard did there what zach levi is doing with nerd hq um it's it's impressive yeah so with that i think we'll leave uh off on what we've done on saturday and this is going to be a really long episode but yeah. it's a long convention yes. i think a long episode is is suitable it is an endurance test coming to comic-con and as i told a few of the people i was in autograph lines for today i hope everyone enjoys san diego's indoor zoo yes 
So we'll be back uh, tomorrow night, which will be just seconds from now as far as this episode goes, uh, with both what we do on Sunday and just kind of a general wrap-up for the convention. It is now about uh, 8.45 on Sunday. So we finished up. We survived another Comic-Con. It's amazing. The hall closes earlier on Sunday than each of the other nights, and yet we're back at the hotel the same time or a little later than each of the other nights. Well, we did something a little different this year with our dinner plans. My normal dinner plans for the last couple of years uh, died, so we we made other ones this time, uh, which plenty fun uh, with the Moys and the Chans, but... Why don't we start back at the beginning of the day for the grueling marathon you put me through. I did not volunteer us for the 26 miles. For some of it you did. We'll get to that in a second. A few Anyways, We uh, got up in time, did the breakfast here at the hotel, and headed out, got over, uh, parked our car, and headed over to Nerd HQ. Yeah, after you're talking about yesterday, I wanted to peek my head in and look around because I have never seen what that is. I'd heard references to it, and I was curious. I actually got to see a lot more of it today because we hit it basically, I think, almost right as it opened. So there were no crowds. There was almost nobody there because, again, it was the start of the day. It was very different than how it was when I was there middle of the day yesterday, day before. I guess yesterday. Um, again, they do a lot of really cool stuff, some green screen stuff. I got some actual good photos of all the different booths they had. I'll try to put that up on the forum uh, once I get back home. So it may be sometime early August before I get that up. And if I don't, somebody should remind me. Instagram was there. Intel was there. They had a lot of corporate sponsors doing some cool stuff. Um, and it was funny because we kind of walked through as we kind of made the u-turn to head out it's like you know we're gonna go through petco park and be outside for a bit so make a quick pit stop i was in the men's room for a minute and a half i mean not long quick in and out yeah i turned around to read a sign and when you came back to fetch me i was in the middle of a line that had formed around me it went from an empty-ish concourse to where did this mile-long line come from I I had no idea how this line genuinely formed up to me and then behind me and everyone seemed to think I was in line and I had no concept that it was a line, not a gathering of other people reading the sign and was thoroughly baffled until we traced it to its beginning and there was Stephen Amell posing for photos to raise money for charity. I think it's really cool that they do that. Again, this is Operation Smile, I believe is the main charity. I believe so. Is that the only charity they're doing or just the main charity? I think it's the only one. I'm not sure, though. the only name I saw of a charity. It's cool that they're able to get these celebrities over there, do these sorts of things. This is all a fan-funded sort of a deal. I think it was an Indiegogo campaign this year. And, again, it's a good turnout. They run a good show, from what I can tell. I want them to do release some of their past panels as as you know fundraisers or whatever. I'd certainly be uh, happy to help support their cause for that. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Again, the way it was kind of you know early in the day versus the packed when I saw it because it was kind of crowded and loud at that point. This was a nice, comfortable. Oh, I can actually see what they've got. 
that line materializing because again the fans know when mm-hmm. various well other fans apparently i don't know when the signings are going to be um so we did that then we headed out uh through the ballpark which you really hadn't gone through the ballpark before had you no i hadn't uh, petco park is new since we used to live in san diego it was built 10 years ago ish that sounds about right give or take a few years sometime after 2000 um, I hadn't really ventured into it too much. I saw more of it this year than I ever have. First time I've been into the concourse and stuff like that. First time I've been to the park in the park. Uh, so we did that, headed over towards the parking lot where they had the various experiences. I was grateful for the tent Norton had for the X-Men exhibit because of all the things to happen in sunny Southern California while we were doing this it started spitting little dribbles of rain on us and then right there was a tent for us to duck into spend a few minutes learning about norton's current products and not get wet now by san diego standards this was a torrential downpour by most everybody's standards it was a few drops of not even drizzle rain is is overreacting it's it was just enough drops for me to say wait is something possibly falling from the sky i'm not sure what's going on here this is confusing you get hit by a drop or two and you notice something but there's not enough to notice what it was it was kind of funny but we wanted to go through the norton thing anyways they had a, a pretty good deal I'm always curious to see what they've set up and how they've tied it to whatever licensed product they have. And quite frankly, I'm hoping Norton and X-Men get together and have a charity auction of that themed up tent they designed. They really ought to. That would be kind of cool. We did that. We wandered over to the 24 experience where they had some drones you could fly. But there was a bit of a line for that. And I've got my own drone and I don't know how to fly it. So it didn't seem to be worth kind of waiting around there. We headed over to the Sin City with the exhibit of the cars, which, you know, I really didn't care about the cars. What I was interested at that booth is we'd gotten a press release about a 360-degree camera. I'm like, well, that sounds neat. And there was no sign of it there, so I was very disappointed by that. Yeah, they had a hashtag reference to it, but I couldn't find where it was set up. Okay, you're calling me out. Technically, when I say there was no sign, there was a hand-scrawled sign that had, like, some Twitter tags or whatever, but no no 360-degree camera, no nothing technical for me to say, ooh, this is cool. Yeah. I should buy one. Fortunately, the email had some information, so I've already put in to get informed on that because, I mean, we're sitting there. We'd just gone to where they had these, you know, flying drones, quadcopter things. The concept of having one of those with a video feedback, having a 360-degree camera at Comic-Con, I'm like, wow, that would be fun. Yes, it would. I mean, imagine having this thing just kind of dart through Con and show you what all there is to see. That would be neat. So we did that. We headed over to the zip line again. Yes, I had not gotten to see the Gotham skyline fully built and perusable and having a tour guide of the skyline who could point out uh what was there for the penguin and what was there for catwoman and the well, and i spotted one or two new things this time i mean we'd seen i'd seen the penguin uh burger joint catwoman's lounge uh the the ivy towers the question mark for whatever the riddler's thing was the casino the deck of cards up there 
but there was a billboard that seemed to be clearly written by I guess whoever may turn out to be the Joker or whatever. If it seemed to imply it was the Joker, but it also referenced the Commissioner, and this is well before that, so it was a little unclear. unclear. But again, the zipline thing was kind of fun. It was, and it was very well set up. I was very impressed by it. Uh, this was also where they had again, uh, like I mentioned the other day, all of the Simpsons stuff. Yes. I'm not a Simpsons fan, but things been going on 25 years. They themed that up really well. It had a good crowd. It was pretty impressive. And I asked you to take a photo in Simpsons land of one particularly well-themed, very useful item. Yeah, they had SPF 30 sunscreen out there for people. It's like, yes. that's smart, because it's hot. It's normally more sunny than it was today. It was kind of overcast today. You can get sunburn on an overcast day. That's true. I'm surprised I haven't. I, was, I actually spent a lot more time off the hall floor this year, out and about, checking out Petco Park, this area by the uh, the Hilton Bayfront. They, we didn't get too close, except I guess the other day, towards the Hilton Gas Lamp, where they had the... What was that? That was the uh, Assassin's Creed yes. uh, obstacle course or jungle gym or whatever the hell it was. Um, but after we finished up at the the zip line and, and uh, the Simpsons stuff, we headed into the hall, starting at the Artist Alley side and just kind of worked our way towards the other side, uh, stopping off at a couple of booths here and there. Over the course of the day, had some great conversations with some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, met a couple of the the people I'd been emailing with over at DC Comics. That was nice to associate a uh, face with some names and stuff like that. And get some good information. Well, and to me, it was amusing to realize that I apparently had always been doing the haul from the other direction. So there were a few booths I hadn't been able to find because their label or their name was facing the direction we came from today like legendary yes there are a couple where every year when i walk the hall i'll do my zigzag pattern and if you do that same thing in the other direction it it, frankly it looks totally different yeah you're coming across different angles you've got different vantage points and even this evening when one of our friends had his computer up doing a slideshow there are a couple of things it's like I know I went to that booth. I don't recall seeing that. Maybe I didn't make mm-hmm. it all the way around. or I don't know. From the direction we went tonight, we saw the Weta booth. I'm like, yeah, from this direction, it's simple to find. But two times when people said, meet me at the Weta booth, I was coming from the other direction. And it's virtually impossible to find coming from the opposite direction. I usually would come across the Weta booth. These are the people who do a lot of the special effects for the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbit, and the Peter Jackson movies, among other things. They do terrific stuff. But I would usually come at it from the the street side uh, aisleway there along Hall D. And just the sensory overload and whatnot, I had never really gotten a good vantage point of the dragon. Mm-hmm. Because one of our friends the other day, it's like, well, where is this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I have no idea. And I knew exactly where it was because people had told me, meet me under the dragon at Weta. And the first two times I came up from behind the dragon. So I'm like, there's a dragon and I'm looking forward going, there's no dragon. And then I look up and behind me and I'm like, ah, 
there's a dragon and its eye opens and it's fantastic and oh it's wonderfully done incredible yeah. workmanship but it's one of those things where there is so much to see at comic-con the crowds are so heavy at yes. times a lot of times today was one of those days that i miss the older days when you could wander around it was easy to walk around i there was few enough people per square foot i could take photos of all the booths i i, I there's it's impossible to do that these days. I think tonight we saw a green screen experience we hadn't seen in the previous three days. It was a classic. We turned a corner and it's, hey, wait, this booth has a green screen. And it had been so crowded up until now. Yeah. I hadn't seen that green screen before. Yeah. There are a lot of things that, again, 16 people between you and the booth, you just can't tell what's in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I walked, I walked, I think, the entire floor unless I got messed up on my zigzagging. And there's still a lot of things that either I saw and immediately forgot, I saw it didn't register, or I just didn't see. Yeah. Um, because there's so much to take in. It's it's yeah. staggering. Um, again, we went to the DC booth. Uh, what else did we do during the course of the day at that point? Uh, we stopped in at Vintage Books. A couple of the book uh, publishers. And saw a copy of the Veronica Mars book, The Thousand Dollar Tan Line. And thankfully, one of the people at the booth was there to talk with me. Because I had noticed it says, you know, 10 years after graduating from high school in Neptune. And I was trying to figure out, does this line up exactly with the movie? Where does this fit in the chronology? Because I knew, obviously, it didn't fit with the TV show. Right. And the movie is the 10-year class reunion. And they were saying, no, this falls in right on the heels of the movie. It's uh, an original mystery by Rob Thomas, who created created, the show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's got a co-writer, Jennifer Graham. And he said, there's another book coming out in October. Now, uh, Veronica Mars has been on my radar for a while. I've never watched a single episode. But with Kristen Bell, who later went on to do Heroes... With Enrico Colantonio, who went on to do Flashpoint, had done um, Galaxy Quest. I mean, big fan of his. It's It's been one of those, I, I need to watch that at some point. And I've bought the DVDs. We've got the movie. Yeah. So at some point, I need to kind of plow through the TV episodes. We'll watch the movie. You can read the novel, and we can kind of do some compare yeah. and contrast. Well, and I've watched most of all three seasons. The show filmed here in San Diego... So last year, we took some friends sightseeing, Mm -hmm. and they're avid fans of the show. So at one point, they just kind of shrieked and said, this is where the bus was at a cliff. And at the time, I didn't know what they were saying because I hadn't seen that episode. And then I saw that episode, and I was like, ah, that's what they were saying. Yeah. Well, again, I haven't had time, but having grown up in San Diego also, I'm curious about that aspect of the show. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's fun when they've got a TV show, they do the TV movie or whatever, they can continue it. They continue it either, in this case, in novels or in comics or some other form, particularly when they've got a very active fan base that was enough to get the Kickstarter going to get the movie made. Yeah. And the whole crowdfunding of, of those sorts of things is, is really taking off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did all that. Then you said, hey... I need to go to the fulfillment room. 
I have a desire to be fulfilled, and I have these cute little tickets I was given in panels. I still want to be fulfilled. We went to the room. That was a hike. It was. The, up until recently, well, you know, going back to when fulfillment tickets were first invented, the room was simply upstairs in the convention center, and then more panels were invented, so the fulfillment room moved to the Marriott, and as of this year, more panels were invented, I guess, because the fulfillment room has moved to the Hyatt. There's more and more things. They need more space. They pushed it mm-hmm. to the Hyatt. I knew it wasn't going to be a short walk from the convention center because the Hyatt's on the yes. other side from the Marriott. But what was confusing is we're out on the street. We're going down past the convention center towards the uh, the Hyatt, hit about where the Marriott is, and they're like, turn right or turn left here. And I'm like, okay, but the Hyatt's up there. There was some issue with the fire marshal. It was causing a problem, so they were sending people up the backside. Yeah, they said yesterday and last night pedestrians were flowing out into the street because there were so many people trying to go in front of the Marriott to get to the Hyatt. So what they did is instead of sending us through the Marriott, and I could see where the Marriott wouldn't have been happy with that, they sent us through like this hidden alleyway between the Marriott and the convention center kind of angling back along Hall A to mm. get to the back side of that, to get to the, the, the water, and then take a 50-mile hike or whatever down towards the Hyatt. We got to go past the line of people for some Lego, Lego yeah. line, a Lego raffle, I think it was, and then walk and walk most of the way to Seaport Village is what it felt we like. We were practically at Seaport Village, or at least that, that eastern yeah. edge of it. And there were a number of, of volunteers here and there to guide the way, but there were a couple of long stretches. Yeah, there was once or twice when I thought they could put up a sign that says, you can maintain hope, you haven't lost hope, you haven't gone too far. Something of, yes, yeah. another, you know, five miles ahead. Yeah. Then we get to the Hyatt. It's a multi-flight of stairs kind of a thing, and I'm like, this is now an endurance now- course. Yeah, there were two flights of stairs outside that led to escalators where they merged the people who were going up with the people who were coming down. You had to go up two sets of escalators once you got indoors. You go up one level, circle around to go up the next level to go to the the fulfillment Mm -hmm. room, come down, go down the one level, circle again the same area you'd circled before to go down to the next one, and get thrown out the back door. Yeah. Because the the Hyatt was, was having the fulfillment room, but they weren't having any of the other stuff. I mean, in terms of you sticking around. Yeah. Well, you could go to the Xbox lounge. True. But you couldn't go to the Hyatt bar or the gift shop. I um, mean, we'd have been happy to, to chill out there. This is around a lunchtime-ish sort of a situation. Grab a bite to eat or whatever. But no, they were pretty much wanting to throw us out. So once we were done with the fulfillment, merry-go-round, zoo line, whatever, uh, we decided to head back to the car again along K Street, and, and there are a couple of places off the beaten path there that weren't too impacted. So we dumped our stuff with the car, got a bite to eat, and then headed back into the madness. Because by this point, I, I'm done in terms of I've finished most of what I needed to do it was a little later after this when we went back in that I talked to the people at DC and stuff but I checked off most of my list I was tired um we'd already done a lot more walking around particularly the trip to the Hyatt was a lot further than I was through the circuitous route they took us 
um, that I just needed a little bit of a break. So, you know, again, after we ate, we went back in, wound up uh, having a great discussion with Jan Lucanis of uh, Justice for Hire over at uh, Creative Impulse Entertainment. He is just a, a blast to hang out with. Um, he has a wonderful positive attitude. Wonderful positive attitude. Uh, incredible amount of talent in terms of storytelling, martial arts ability, and very entrepreneurial. And some mm-hmm. of the stuff he, he seems to have planned for Justice for Hire, I just, every time he tells me, it's like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, or I'm going to do this, I'm like, this, this guy is smart. He, yes. He's got some clever ideas, some interesting ways to go, and I, I really want to see him succeed, not only just because he's a great guy and deserves to, to succeed, but because his ideas are just so cool. Yes. Um, if he can take uh, Justice for Hire and his stuff where he wants to go, I think that's good for the property. It's good for entertainment in general. Just some of the things he wants to do that are a little uh, off the beaten path in terms of... I don't really know of other places that are kind of thinking along the ways he's thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, great fun talking with him. Uh, and uh, Aurora there at the booth. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're ever at any convention where uh, Justice for Hire is, Creative Impulse Entertainment, and you have a chance to talk to uh, to Jan, do so. I would agree wholeheartedly. Well worth doing. Great guy, talent. Uh, he's done the comic. They've now got the movie. They've got the animated thing coming out. It's like just nothing limits him which i love well, i find him very inspirational in that respect we got to talking to him just about tv shows and movies in general and just the way his mind works mm-hmm. and what he notices in tv and movies it was great fun yeah great guy great guy uh it was interesting because it was clear kind of what his tastes were what uh, aurora's tastes were she was liking breaking bad she was asking about more of the horror and the stuff we don't watch and it was mm-hmm. it was kind of funny actually it's like mm-hmm. actually i haven't watched any of those shows you mentioned what he's mentioning i'm watching but no it just different mm-hmm. tastes and stuff yes. and it was fun to see the interplay mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. it's when you've got again we have different tastes too yes. on certain things and enough overlap just like i'm sure they have that you can have some really fun conversations that way, kind of comparing different genres and styles. But Aurora was the one who knew exactly where Monument Valley was and why we want to go there, because she's into Westerns. Yeah, Jan was like, what's this? Where's this? <laughs> yes. Again, different experiences. It's funny. Um, great conversation. Had a blast there. Uh, always enjoy mm-hmm. hanging with him. And then went over to D.C., talked to the people there, had a great conversation there, made some good contacts. Um, again, DC, they're coming out with a lot of interesting stuff, uh, both in terms of some of the new comics, the new round of solicitations has a lot of very different kinds of titles, Lobo, Clarion, uh, Deathstroke, and a few things, not just more Batman titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what they're doing on the TV front mm-hmm. with, you know, Arrow uh, going to another season, Flash, Constantine, iZombie. Uh, Gotham. Yes. I mean, there's just a ton there. So that was a lot of fun. After that, we kind of splitted ways for a little bit. I wanted to go back to the Bandai booth, see if there was any chance I could get those Mighty Morphin uh, uh, Power Ranger uh, keys for the current Morpher. And, of course, they have sold out. One of the signs said, sold out for today. 
The other said, sold out forever. I would agree with the forever. I'm holding out hope they're going to do a non-limited version of these keys later. If you've gone to the trouble of already Mm. making them, it just seems a little odd. Yes. Well, but the exact keys they had at Con, I believe, forever. They had a display that had, I'm thinking, 198 keys, which actually surprised me. That seemed a little high um, because I was thinking that's how many the Super Sentai had. Uh, when they did the stuff. But if they had a complete set that I could just buy lock, mm. stock, and barrel in one thing, I would just go with that. Mm. Did that, uh, went over to where I found the uh, 15 Red Ranger key set. They had fortunately sold out, so I didn't spend money on that. So I got off pretty low in terms of expenditures this time around. Uh, just didn't find that much. We then did a little more walking around, then we wound up as after the hall closed over at the old spaghetti factory having Mm -hmm. dinner there with uh some friends Uh, we're friends with uh, jeff and phil moy who are artists uh they've worked on legionnaires they've worked on uh phil on uh powerpuff girls Mm -hmm. um jeff also did the legion star trek crossover they've done some video game work very talented guys great guys such talented guys that when phil put a bunch of his photos on a slideshow for uh, Erica, Linda, and us to be, you know, looking at while we were eating, he had taken photos of some of the uh, sketches and commissions Smart he had guy. done. Uh, whenever yeah. they finish a sketch, they take a photo with their cell phone, and uh, Phil had just loaded that up on his Surface and had it going through a slideshow yeah. so we could see the photos he'd taken all day. Yeah, and the waitress came by at one point. I guess she was dropping off drinks. And she caught a glimpse of one of his sketches and just went into awe of, oh my gosh, that's great art. Who did that? And we're like, oh, Phil here. Him right there. And that one's also an artist. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was very cool to see. So yeah, it was uh, uh, those two. It was uh, Erica and Linda Chan. um, And then... uh, Andrew and Nick. Other friends. Other friends of, of the Moys and stuff. So great, great fun at the meal. That was, that was good. Um, actually pretty fast service all things considered very fast service from getting the table to having the food brought out it was as gluten free meals go if you can go to a place called Old Spaghetti Factory and get gluten free pasta excellent they had gluten free pasta it was on the menu it was easy to do it was funny Mm -hmm. because as I was getting us uh, in line for the table or whatever the person in front of me who was in a Spartan outfit you know, because I was telling you, oh, yeah, 75 mm-hmm. cents for the noodles or whatever, surcharge or whatever. Uh, he's like, oh, you're celiac. And we were comparing notes mm-hmm. on a few other places to eat because uh, he, too, was celiac. So it was very gluten friendly, did well by us. Um, but that was really kind of the, the end of the, the convention experience. It was fun comparing notes with different people as to, well, what did you do? What did you think? And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's funny because I think everybody had a really good time. But I know Linda had kind of phrased it this way. It was just kind of a, a meh convention. Mm-hmm. There was nothing wrong with it. It was it was fun. Like I said, we all had a good time. But I don't know that anybody at our table there, really anyone I've talked to, had kind of that breakout, oh my God moment. Where it's like, okay, this is the peak of geekdom for me. I'm good. I'm done. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm willing to bet if we'd asked Jan... 
his movie and stuff. That might have been it. Yeah. I, I certainly would hope so because he worked hard on that. Yeah, Jam was saying that he, after his movie was shown and the panel was over, he just went into this meditative, ah, oh, I can have fun state. And he's just been relaxed and enjoying Khan ever since. It's funny because I had seen him Wednesday and Thursday and stuff. He was still finalizing a few of the things for the the Friday night showing or whatever. And he wasn't stressed out. But it was very clearly, am I going to get this done on time? What all do I have to do? Yeah. It's. I, I think there was a definite relief factor for him after that. And again, what a major accomplishment. Well, and I know two people who lined up at 5 a.m. to try and get tickets to an autograph signing and they got to within like five people of getting it and then as they phrased it the door was shut in our face and they were turned away and they were heartbroken all day and that night when they went to dinner they were going to get into the cab and the people piling out of the cab were the cast of the show for the autograph session they'd wanted and they got to shake hands with all the cast members and they posed for photos with them and gave them autographs and they say it was just you know that karma and that good luck and it turned their whole day around and they said you know it it kind of made up for being in line since 5 a.m it's part of why i don't do the the line at 5 a.m thing the other part is it's 5 a.m at that hour (laughs) But, I mean, there were a couple of times, you know, we got, uh, didn't make it into the Hercules showing. Yeah. That was a little disappointing because I don't think we were that far from the cutoff point. Um, and frankly, if they had given us a little bit of quicker answer on the press thing, we might have been able to get there. Might not have. I don't know. But, you know, it's one of those, it was a close but a miss. Oh, well, bummer. Let's well, move on. And I know someone who lined up for the Outlander uh, showing at 445 and got in and got an excellent seat. And was very happy with that. Um, the X-Men thing. We were over at the X-Men experience uh, when it was starting to dribble a little in, in terms of the weather. And they ran out of shirts like the person in front of us. Yes. It's like, ah. Oh. But, you know, those things are going to happen. They can be disappointing. They can be frustrating, particularly if you invested a lot of time, got up really early for that. But these things happen at con flip side is there are other times really cool things happen again last year we lucked into meeting enrico colantonio have a few minutes with him yeah that was a blast that Um, that may actually stand as one of my all-time con highlights just because it was actually the second time i'd met him at con and mm -hmm. both times he's just been so incredibly nice he's just some a wonderful these, person. Some of these people are just really cool when you actually mm-hmm. get a chance to, to meet and talk with them. Be them celebrities, mm-hmm. creators on comics, or, or just other people at the convention. Yeah. Um, and last year when we met him, it it was, what, 10, 11 at night? It was late. He was tired. They'd had him running since 7 in the morning, doing a breakfast this and this, that, and the other all day long, scheduled very tightly. And he was, he was tired. He had every right to be tired. He'd just come out of the same party we'd been in where we had been joking. The music was so loud that the bass and the drum beat were pounding your heart for you. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty loud and intense party. Uh, know, more so than I'm usually liking. Yeah. 
So when he came out onto the street and just looked wiped out, we all started to walk away thinking, you know, we shouldn't disturb him. But I went over and I just started with, I just wanted to thank you for all the wonderful acting you've given us over the years Mm -hmm. and talked to him for a few minutes. And when he brightened up with a smile on his face, that's why I thought, you know, that's why it's worth it to take a moment and tell these actors how much we appreciate their work. I'm always a little frustrated when I see somebody that essentially shoves a a pen and something in front of the guy and here, sign this so I can put it on eBay. Yes. Whereas, again, I'm not that much of an extrovert that I want to go up to somebody and stuff. But there have been a couple of times. Uh, This time I did it with a couple of artists or whatever. It's just, hey, I'm enjoying your work. Thank you for that. Who wouldn't like to hear something like that? Yeah. And for a lot of these guys, we talked about it the other night, uh, earlier in this podcast, I guess. um, They're actors, they're artists, they're in a bit of a silo, a bit of a vacuum. Yeah. So coming into these things and knowing that we value them, their work, their talent, not their autograph that can be flipped on eBay. Not saying everyone who's getting autographs flips them. I know that's not the case. True, but it happens just often enough. That I know some of the actors I've gotten autographs from over the years at con, they've asked me why I put something in front of them. Is this going to end up on eBay? Mm-hmm. That's, you know? that's unfortunate. It's Again, I don't go yeah. for the autographs. I did wind up with an autograph book, uh, John Jackson Miller, yeah. one of his Star Wars books. So that's really cool. Uh, looking forward to reading that when I get a chance. I mean, to me, the highlight this year was really i think every panel i went to was really good really solid yes the people went in with a game plan had some good information had some juicy tidbits here and there of things to think about for me Mm -hmm. be it about digital about writing about you know whatever and so that was that was good i had a much better hit rate on panels i didn't go to too many uh but the other thing was i mean i've been going to this this convention for ages people at the different companies have you know moved around changed and stuff like that and there have been years where it's like oh i want to go meet this guy at this company and every time i go by the booth oh yeah he's not here right now Mm -hmm. i had just a really good hit rate this time around met the people i wanted to meet and talk to over at diamond didn't have enough of a chance to talk to a few of them you know marty who does uh previews and stuff like that but i got a chance to say hi Thanks for what you did for me over email, that kind of a stuff. Enough to put a face to the yeah. name, something I can continue with. Because, again, they're doing great work there. But, again, that, John Jackson Miller, uh, Chip Mosher, um, I've met, a t- I think, a time or two. But had a good chance to talk with him at Comixology. Uh, Aub over at Dark Horse. Um, trying to think who else. I mean, there were just a, a number of people that I had just good luck in terms of who i stumbled into when Mm -hmm. Uh, again cameron and christina over at uh, dcbs happened to to bump into them over at steve bryant's booth you know um Mm -hmm. because there are some years it's like you all you seem to bump into the same people all the time they're following the same path whatever 
Other years, it's like you just don't see people. They're there. You know it, and you just the, your paths never cross. Other years, you go by a booth so often looking for someone that the person you keep asking, is he here, looks at you, and you finally say, I'm his stalker. And they say, then you're a very bad stalker. Yeah. Yes, I am. I'm a bad stalker. And then they say, but actually, if you're going to be a stalker, it's good to be a bad one. Yeah, there, there are still one or two people I didn't uh, see this year. Uh, I think the one you're referring to, actually. <laughs> see? Um, but it's it, it was a good year for me in terms of the conversations I had uh, and some of that stuff. I had a, a lot of really good, enjoyable uh, conversations with people. So all in all, it was, uh, it was a good convention. Not the best I've ever had, but really, I wouldn't say... Well, there were no, oh my god, high points... I can't think of anything that was really an oh my god low point either. It was no. a fairly, you know, I don't say middle of the road. It was above average. It was a good convention, good it solid, was. but it was pretty even keel by and large. Yeah. Um, and if it's going to be that way, I'd rather be a little above than a little below average. It was, it was fun. It's a convention well worth going to, but pace yourself. Definitely. Go in with a game plan. Look at the map. Look at the panel stuff ahead of time. Same sort of stuff we mentioned in the episode before uh, before con. And know that you're going to have to make hard choices, or choices that feel hard at least, between panels. I would say the big thing to do in terms of getting the most out of con, know what you want to get out of it. Yeah. Do you want the autographs? Do you want the panels? Whose autograph? What panel? I mean, what are your priorities? Yeah. Because what I'm going into the con uh, to do, what you're going in to do, are going to be very different. Same with every one of the, I don't know, 120, 150,000 attendees. Well, what's hardest for me is always, like this year, I wanted to go to the Falling Skies panel, but I also wanted to go to the Vikings panel. And I wanted to go to the Orphan Black panel. And when it came right down to it, Falling Skies and Vikings were at the same time slot, and Orphan Black was in the same room as Vikings. Mm. So realistically, since I wanted Vikings and Orphan Black, I needed to go to the back-to-back panels in the same room. Yeah. Again. You just, you have to make choices that feel hard. I gotta make choices, gotta plan ahead. The better you plan, mm-hmm. the more you can do. Mm-hmm. But... Don't don't plan it to the nth degree in terms of you're going to get tired. You're going to need a break. You're going to want some food, something yeah. like that. Like I said, go and pace yourself. If you do that and try to have fun. Oh, embrace everything as an opportunity. Well, and also don't get too bummed out if you miss the the exclusive by a little bit. The line gets cut off right in front of you. Yes, that sucks, but roll with it. Because if you spend too much time wallowing in that, you're going to have a miserable time. Well, I've met so many people who say, I came to con alone. I didn't know anybody. I have met so many people, the Moys and the Chans being prime examples, in line at con. You may come to con alone, but that doesn't mean you're at con alone. Make friends. Easiest way to do that when you're in line for a panel mm-hmm. or an autograph or whatever. Everyone else in that line is there for a very similar reason mm-hmm. and has at least one thing in common with you. Yeah. Talk to them. Say hi. How are you doing? I'm so-and-so. What are you reading? What do you like? I mean, mm-hmm. 
simple icebreaker questions. And I yeah. say this as an extreme introvert. Yeah. I'm not going to say I do it all the time, but I've done it. It's, you can, you no, can find some interesting people. Yeah. Con is a great place to to make friends. And I think that's one of the opportunities that people can really embrace. Well, I mean, if you see the same couple of people at a bunch of different panels, that implies, again, a lot in common. If you hit it off with them, exchange email addresses or not, whatever you're comfortable mm-hmm. with. Yeah. Um, but between that, it, obviously, anyone listening to this is is a comic book page listener. Go to the forum. I usually put up before conventions a, a thread, or if not, start one. Maybe it's a convention I'm not going to. But use social media, use forums, use special interest group type uh, websites to coordinate with who's going to be there. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to have fun, and frankly, it's a lot easier to have fun at a convention, even if you're not spending 24-7 with somebody, if you know they're at the con, and you can coordinate. Because again, yeah. I don't know that I saw Linda much during the con, um, if at all, like today before dinner, or yesterday, or even the day before, mm-hmm. but I am positive, because she had a decent idea of what sorts of things I'm into and we're looking for. If she had seen something that, oh, John's got a note about, she, she'd have texted me. Definitely. You know, same with Erica, same with you, and vice versa. Um, yeah. That's how you have a very successful con. It, it takes yeah. some teamwork. It's fun. It's worth it. Uh, I hope everybody who went had a good time. Yeah, I definitely. Everybody who didn't go enjoyed either the comic book uh, resources coverage or other coverage. Uh, hopefully, they're they're enjoying this, this podcast, which... Given how long it is, I was going to put it up as one. I may serialize it out in multiple parts. I haven't decided yet. I'm not even sure when this is going to go up because at this point, it's uh, it's about 9.30 on Sunday. We still need to pack up the hotel room so we can get out of here uh, in the morning. We've got uh, lunch plans as we leave San Diego, and then we're heading through Monument Valley. So I don't want to be having to edit this on the road. So if it goes up... Uh, quickly that's going to be amazing i hope you all appreciate that if it winds up getting up a little later than that i hope you're okay with that because you know hey i've got limited resources while i'm here on the road so i think that pretty much wraps it up for our comic-con 2014 coverage i think so they did announce the dates for next year july 9 through 12 earlier in uh in july than than i was expecting that's going to be interesting because uh, I'll have just have gotten back from a, another trip. Um, but it's plan in advance. Mark it on your calendar if you want to come. Mm-hmm. It's it's well worth going to at least once. Uh, more if you're really into comics and have a, a, a high endurance level, I guess. Yeah, if you thrive on sleep deprivation, this is an excellent event for you. If you're capable of running a marathon every day for five days in a row this is an excellent event for you and if you're like me and don't like either of those and can't do either of those you can still survive it yes that's very true but go easy on yourself don't try to kill yourself doing everything um i'm figuring i'm going to learn a lot about what happened at con through the coverage afterwards yeah it's well, just nature of the beast i often joke that there are three conventions the convention i went to the convention that you tell me you went to 
and uh, the convention that I find out about when I get home and read all the coverage. Yeah, for me, it's the one I want to go to, the one I went to, and the one I hear about afterwards. Yeah. And you just got to be okay with that. Yeah. So that pretty much do it then? That does it. Cool. The show notes and form for this podcast can be found at www.comicbookpage.com under the podcast and forum sections of the website. Please email us at theguys at comicbookpage.com and let us know what you think of what was discussed in this episode. Thanks for listening.